Hey everyone, it's Carl. Before we get started, I want to let you know that I have a new podcast out called Alchemix Bar Diaries, where I tell you my thoughts that go through my brain about bartending techniques, theory, and anything to do related to the bartending world. We just started. I would love to have you come over, take a listen. The link for it is in the description of any podcast player you're listening to this to. And yeah, go check it out. Now let's get the show started. I just say bud or pal or just don't say it at all. Just no, but you know, you, you got to introduce them. They're like their job title and stuff, you know. Everyone in the service industry has a story. Crazy customers, wild orders, and WTF moments. Do you want to start a tab? The podcast here to bring you those tales from behind the bar. My name's Carl, and we did math last week, and I now have been bartending for over 12 years. You've been saying that, but you've been bartending for over 13 years. Fuck, you're right. <laughs> See, I can't remember that. How do you want, how do you expect me to remember an intro? My name's Riley. I help him keep track of how long he's been bartending. Yeah. Pretty soon I'm going to have to be, uh, how old, how old am I again? <laughs> but yes, we are, we are excited for today's episode. We have a fellow podcaster, YouTuber, and bartender, Eric Castro. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. And if you're not familiar with Eric and you're listening to this podcast, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, give us a little 30-second elevator pitch of you and just yourself, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. I guess uh, what I do, I've been bartending for maybe about 20 years or so. Uh, ran some really, really incredible spots. I've been lucky enough to, to work in some great spots. Uh, owned a few bars during that time. Uh, now I'm down to Raised by Wolves which is a, a, a craft cocktail bar here in San Diego. And I also host a bartender large podcast. Awesome. Which, um, yeah. Which, which is a lot of fun. I've been doing that for, I think maybe about five or six years. Yeah. It's uh, I remember the first time I found out who you were was several years ago. I was looking for what would it take to make a mobile, a mobile bartending company? And just, you know, you go to Google and you find some stuff and then you interviewed some woman from, I believe Washington. Yeah. From Seattle. Yeah. Great gal. Yep. And I was like, and I was just watched that. And then like a couple months later, I rewatched it just to learn some more. I'm like, wait, who the fuck's this guy interviewing her? And what's this bartender at large? And let's dive more deeper yeah. into that, you know? Um, and so, so that's, how, that's, that's the first time I ever found out who you were. Cause here in Iowa, people don't make other people's cocktails a whole lot or, you know, modern oh. classics, you know, so you don't see that a lot. And I think that's being a little bit, um, I think that's only scratching the surface uh, because here in Iowa cocktails, I mean, up until the past few years, haven't really been uh, sought after. It's we're more your Jack and Coke people or we're beer. a beer state. Yeah. But uh, so Eric has created some banger cocktails that a lot of people are aware of. You got the Kentucky Buck, you got the Iron Ranger and you have your Pina Verde. Verde. That's what I said. Yeah. So if do you, so before we get into this really quick, I have one question for you. I really want to ask you. Yeah. Let's hear about it. Do you blame yourself for the chartreuse craziness going on that no one can get their hands <laughs> on it? I, I don't think it's solely my fault though, I, but I also don't think I'm blameless. <laughs> <laughs> like you had a hand in it for sure. Because here's the thing, like the Pina Verde, like, cause I mean, you can make like a last word or something. Mm-hmm. But you're only using generally probably about three quarter ounce right. of green chartreuse. But I feel like, you know, um, with, with with the Pina Verde, I mean, shoot, it's a full ounce and a half. 
So it's double. So you, you're using you you could yeah you're making you're you're using twice the amount obviously, and I do think that 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 is drinks like that. I mean, there's really I think only a couple other drinks like that in like the Chartreuse Swizzle, right? Which is probably. Between those two drinks, it, we're probably re- responsible for most <laughs> right. of, of at, um at least in California for sure. Well, I mean, even New <laughs> York know? because no, that, I'm kidding. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's pretty funny. It's awesome. So if you want to hear, mean, oh, go ahead. I mean, it was on the menu at, at Universal Studios Orlando. Yeah, and I'm like, God, I can't even imagine what they're going through because <laughs> a place of that size are probably ordering green. They were probably ordering green chartreuse by the pallet. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's insane. So if you want to hear a longer story about this fabulous cocktail, you were on the uh, co- cocktail college or college cocktail, cocktail pod- college podcast. Yeah. So that's a that's an awesome podcast, um, and you specifically talk about that cocktail a little bit more about who you are. So that's a awesome podcast. People should go check that out. Yeah. But let's get into this little podcast that we do. Yes. We read mm-hmm. stories off the internet, usually Reddit or other bartender websites about mm-hmm. hospitality life. And then we talk about it. Should have been handled differently. Was it handled correctly? Who the asshole is, who the hero is. And then we rate that one through five, one being the average, an average story, five being a unique situation where you have not seen or think you'll ever see in your entire lifetime. Yep. Mm-hmm. So today... Well, before we get into the my story yes. or our story, what are we drinking today? Why do you ask me when you're the one who makes the drinks? I don't know. What are we drinking today? Thank, yeah. Thank <laughs> you. We are doing the tri- the bartender trifecta is what we're calling it. We have water. We have Celsius. So we have an upper. And then we have our downer. We're basically just doing a daiquiri roof. Plantation <laughs> 5, Smith & Cross, Velvet Flarenum, split with simple and lime juice. And Eric, it is only like noon where you're at. So you're probably not yeah. hitting it hard right now, huh? Yeah, no, I just have, I have a little bit of pour over uh, coffee and, um, and a little club soda. There you go. I kind of got after it last night. Yeah. <laughs> you got to one, a few I of these really days. really got after it. Yeah, we did the other night. Yeah, Saturday night. Saturday night. <laughs> Ripped. I was, I was ruthlessly overserved. <laughs> Um, That's but it awesome. was, I hadn't really got, I hadn't gone out like for a whole week. I hadn't even touched a drop of alcohol for, I think a week after I got home from the tails. Yeah. Just cause uh, I wasn't feeling all that well. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm going to eat really healthy this week. I'm going to like, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to just cause like get, get a good base level going again. And then last night I just, yeah, <laughs> got a little after it. Friends can be assholes sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah, you gotta let your body return to baseline after a, a yeah. big Event. Oh, it took me a while when I got, when we got back from, or when I got back from New York and Baltimore, just to get like, what the fuck that I just right. do? <laughs> Which direction is up yeah. at this point? All right. But all right. So we're going to get into it. I'm going to go ahead and lead out with a story here that we found or that I found on Reddit. And like I said, lately on these episodes, I've been doing, am I the asshole subreddits? Cause they're fabulous and it makes for great discussion. Yes. And so I was reading a couple of them, like which one would fit Eric? Not maybe fit Eric, but which one can we have the most discussion about, you know? Right. So I chose this one and here we go. So it was posted 15 days ago by, uh, Jim. Become apprehensive 36. There we go. And goes, am I the asshole for taking 75% of the money we're supposed to split because I deserved it more? The way that you phrase that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. However, however, let's hear them out. There's a long ass post. So here we go. <laughs> 
I work in a restaurant as a service bartender. We make a percentage on the amount of drink sales we get to tip out from our waitresses. We split that money evenly. I normally don't have a problem with this, but we recently got a new bartender and he just sucks. He's the definition of a personality hire. He's always the last to show up and the first to leave. He didn't help with opening duties or closing duties. He shows up 10 minutes late typically. We just, when it's just him and I, I end up doing majority of the work. He's the definition of a personality hire. When we have orders, he spends his time flirting with the waitress. He spends 10 minutes making a single drink. We'll have multiple tickets finished and sent out in a time. As a result, I complete more orders than him. It's frustrating because everyone likes him and no one notices his little work he does. He cracks a few jokes, makes a drink, then goes to the bathroom for 20 minutes. Does nothing or does nothing, then goes on break for an hour and a half. And then to top it off, complains about how many drinks are supposed to make. It's at this point where I'm pissed off that I'm doing most of the work and giving him half the money. So yesterday I decided that I would keep track of all our order tickets. We typically use the same spindle for completed tickets, but I saved mine to the side. By the time our shift was over, I had about three times the amount of tickets as he did. While he was in the bathroom doing what he, sh- or, I'm sorry, while he was in the bathroom during when he should be closing, I brought our tickets to our manager and showed him. I told him that I did the majority of the orders opening, closed, and it wasn't right for me to give him half when he fucked around for most of the shift. He agreed and said I could split the money to a better representation of our work. I did 75-25, even though I feel 80-20 was fair. He, of course, was pissed and ended up taking home about $90 while I took about two seventy. We had a huge argument when we accused me of stealing. I told him to either contribute more or take it up with the manager. He's mad at me. His waitress buddies took his side over mine, and they think I'm in the wrong. So here's why I think I could be the asshole. I was technically being selfish. I wanted more money for the work I do. I also don't technically need the money. I'm just 21 saving money so I don't have to get a job while back at school. I don't have rent or bills. The only thing I regularly spend money on is gas. He's in his mid-20s and he has like a kid. He also works a second job, so I guess he has a reason to be tired and that sucks, but I don't think that justifies him to use my work for his benefit. There we go. Is he the asshole for taking 75% of the pay when he believes he does 75% of the work? Oh, see, that's, I don't, I don't think so because he doesn't believe he has come with receipts literally that he did most of the work and he did what you did in the last time we had an argument like this. He actually went to the manager and discussed it. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Eric? I mean, I I don't, I, I think there's an argument there that maybe going forward, he, he, he could be taking more, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's okay to do it retroactively. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think that's fair necessarily. However, um, he did go to the manager and then I guess the, the, the legality of a lot of this stuff kind of, kind of changes. Also, there's other factors I don't know about. Like, sure. He made three times the tickets, but was the other guy, um, I'll just call him slacker. Right. Was like slacker Sam, was he doing the orders for the bar top? And was he like chatting with people at the bar top, taking their orders, right. putting food in? Like, I don't know. So maybe it wouldn't, whoever's working the well is generally going to do more tickets. Right. Right. So there's some other, like there's some extraneous bits of information that, that I, that, that I feel like we're not privy to. Right. However, if this guy sucks and they need just get rid of him. Right. Like taking more money is just, it, you know, it's just, I feel like it's just kind of like not dealing with the real issue. Right. So this guy, this guy, they, he either needs to get fired or he needs to, um, they, he, he needs he needs a good a good talking to like you know have like the the come to Jesus with him um, type of meeting. 
because it seems like nobody's happy with this situation. This guy seems like he sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems and like. And he's also, he's not happy with the money he's be, he's making. And yeah, it's just, it seems kind of, seems kind of like horseshit across the board. But I don't right. think that, I don't think that guy should have taken that money. At that point. a bigger cut. At that point. Until yeah. they had a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if they did it, like at the end of the shift, he goes, here's all the tickets I did. Here's what he does. This happens on a regular basis. Can we all yeah. sit down and talk to this next right. time before we start a shift? Because yeah. it needs to, or at the end of tonight, we all sit down and say, look, if this keeps going forward, you're going to get less money. Right. But yeah, yeah totally. Where he comes. Yeah. He could have sat him down at the end of the shift and be like, Hey, look, dude, this is what I made this compared to what you did. And I was still taking half of the bar top. Like mm-hmm. I'm splitting this money with you and I don't feel okay with it because you haven't been pulling your, your weight. Right. right. You're Especially- getting half, but going forward, that's not the case. Right. Like I'm going to tip you out like a fucking bar back. Right. Right. Yeah, especially really like if this what is, you're doing for me right now, you especially know? since it's, it's historical and it's not just making drinks. It's like he's not doing the opening tasks. He's not doing the closing tasks like side yeah. work. Side work in the industry is the part, backbone. It is part, it's the backbone. And you have yeah. to do that. That's part of your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Which that, that doesn't seem fair that he's doing both. Also, I don't know what their hourly split or what their right. hours are like. Right. Like if he's opening and closing and the other guy's not, I'm like, it makes me think he's not there as much. Right. Like, is he there for all the hours of service or is he showing up for like three or four hours? Right. right. And, the, and that's, bouncing? and that's something that the manager like, Hey, is he supposed to be here for opening or do you have, do you guys have an agreement since he has another job? He's talked about having another yeah. job. Like, is he getting here as soon as he can when he gets off work? Right. I don't know that. Like that's the manager does not have to tell me that that's right. not. But so, also this, yeah. the service bartender could be making more hourly too. Like maybe like as a lead bartender or whatever, right. you, know, you know, maybe he mm-hmm. earns more because he is doing all the prep work and right. stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I get it. I, okay. I've actually never worked at a bar that's had a service. Well, right. Uh, it's yeah. So I can't really talk about like, I just know people in the service will usually pump out more drinks because all they're doing is looking at tickets and pumping them out and not right. talking to anyone. Oh, right. Oh, cause I, I've worked in places, I've worked a lot of places where, where one person does it well and one person like, you know, kind of takes care of the bar top mm-hmm. and we do keep track of who's making what. And it's just like, yo, if, if the, uh, if the person working the well ever, ever outsold, um, like just out, uh, outsold whoever was working, who was working the bar top, mm-hmm. like you had a fucking issue. Right. Like, it was an issue. You're like, yo, or even if it was close, they shouldn't even be close. Because they're like, yo, I made all the drinks for like a 200 person restaurant and I'm within spitting distance of, of, of your, um, of what you sold. Right. Like we have a fucking problem. Yeah. Like <laughs> if we would, you would have an issue. You would talk about it. You would be like, it wasn't like, I mean, it, it would be like, Hey, look, dude. I, I mean, even then you would sometimes even just, it would be a, a coachable thing where like I would be in the service well, and I only had like four seats in front of me or whatever. Um, and then the other person working, the um, I guess working point would probably be a better way to put working sure. point. They had like 12 or 14 seats. Right. Right. So, but then like, if they were falling behind, I would start picking up, you know, stool five, six, seven, eight. And eventually like pretty much I'm taking, I'm taking like half the bar top and making tickets. And it would be a coachable thing where you would come up to them like, Hey, just, just to let you know at the end of the shift. I know you're you're still new. You've only been here a couple. You only finished training a couple weeks ago. But like, I'm within like 300 bucks of what you sold, and I made all the tickets. Like, you need to pick up the pace, right? 
Because like I'm being cool about it, but some of the other staff here are not going to be cool about it. Right. So just something to keep in mind a little bit. Oh, okay, okay, bro. Sorry, some, sorry, sorry. Sometimes you some know. people are just oblivious to some of that, of those things, yeah. right? Like they're just, because again, does it come down to properly being trained? Like right. saying like, look, man, this is a fucking hard job. Like we just bust tickets. This is how we make our money. Right. And you need yeah. to be, you know, obviously if you're new, you don't absolutely need to be as fast as the guy in the service well, right? But you no. need to like multitask, talk and make drinks at the same time. Because this guy's probably- yeah sitting there talking with his hands on the bar, just talking away, then makes a drink yeah. and then goes back and forth. Yeah, people yeah. need to be trained to people need to be taught that that's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people don't even think about it, especially when they're being trained. Like I, I teach at the bartender straight off the bat. Like you've been bartending for a week and I'm already like your, your mouth and your hands are not connected. Right. <laughs> You're not making drinks with your mouth. Your hands should be you know, doing something. So your mouth can your be doing something be else. Doing something. Yep. You can have a conversation while you're wiping down the bar top. You can like be wiping down bottles. You can be doing something to set yourself up for success, right? Especially if it's like that, a lull in between services. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like some with some venues, it's very predictable. Like Raised by Wolves, we do get a lull and, and polite provisions as well. We got a lull between like happy hour and after dinner. Right. Since neither spot has food, we kind of like on a Friday or Saturday, we kind of thin out around seven thirty, and then fill back up around eight thirty. Right, right. So you have that little lull, and you're like, okay, you're about to get slammed in an hour, so make sure you are set up for success. Right, restock, right. So like, redo everything. Yeah, like you, if you need to crush some food real quick, crush some food. Um, you know, um, set up your well, do whatever it is you got to do. Go to the bathroom because you're about to get you're, you're going to get rocked at eight thirty. Yeah. Right. By nine, it's going to be full. Like full barrel so make sure that, that you're on top of that stuff but you know sometimes if somebody's new they might not know that and then all of a sudden it's like 8 45 and they're just getting rocked and they run out of mint they run out of strawberries they run out of all the ingredients they need they're out of garnish and ice because nobody really told them right mm -hmm. and sometimes they won't put it together they just get rocked every night at the same time and i'm like what's wrong with you like do you not see patterns all right can you yeah. not identify common sense is so sometimes is you know they have to be trained so who knows maybe this guy this guy's, um, they said he's in his mid twenties. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean he's, he was properly trained. It also right. doesn't necessarily mean either that he, um, he's been bartending very long. Right. Like right. a lot of times people make a mistake. They see someone who's like, you might have a kid who's like, especially with some of your, the Europeans, you know, they could bartend at, at 18, even parts of the U S you can bartend at 18. So you'll meet someone who's like 24, but it's been bartending for six years. And then you see a guy who's 35 and that guy's been bartending for six months. Right. So it's like people, I think automatically assume like, oh, this guy's older. So he's probably been bartending way longer. So it's still, it's still, um, I, I feel like that guy, maybe that guy hasn't been trained properly or maybe he's just a lazy bastard. Right. And, and you're never going to teach him what his parents failed to teach him in 18 years. So. Right. Either you know. way, it sounds like management has failed on all accounts. Like, I yeah. don't think I don't I still don't think that the OP is the asshole because the asshole did what he was supposed to do. He, he told the yeah. manager, the manager told him what to do. He did it. Yeah. Yeah. However, this is this is going to fall on management. Like in a lot of places, shit doesn't run downhill. Yeah. Shit runs uphill. If something yeah. bad is happening on the floor, then you need to look at management to be taking care of it. And if management isn't taking care of it, and if this is a pattern that's been established, you know that management management's been talked to. They're ignoring yeah. it or they're not handling it appropriately. So, yeah, the whole tip thing, the manager should have been the one to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. It like, should have been a thing where the manager should have like brought him in at the end of the shift to be like, hey, check it out, man. People are complaining. You're not pulling your weight. Right. Um, 
he came in, he showed me the tickets and the, I mean, the manager has eyes as well. So the manager is probably like, Hey, I've been out there. I saw you take off, you know, for an hour and a half break. Yeah. You know, like, you know, somebody's been bitching on? about the 20 minute shit breaks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can't go to the bathroom for 20 minutes in the, in the restaurant industry. <laughs> no, no. Two minutes is too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's cause who knows when he goes, here's your 90, here's my 275. What attitude did he talk to this Right. other bartender with you know right like, like, and at the end of the day that's not his job right to talk to mm-hmm. to talk to his co-worker that's management's job because if you have yeah it's not my job as your co-worker mm-hmm. to manage staff you are staff no. i can't manage you but i want to earn my what i'm due mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it does seem like a failure of manage, uh, management and honestly it just seems like if if this guy can't stand the guy then i'm sure everyone else the all the other bartenders right. don't like right either. I mean, this this guy either needs to like shape up or ship out. Mm -hmm. Right. For the, for my experience in the service industry, the way that this kid handled the situation was a very adult way to handle it. Right. Because I've seen people just blow up in the middle of a shift, like with a full restaurant. That might have been better. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't don't think anyone should ever lose it on the, especially in like guest view. Right. But it's like, I almost feel like maybe this guy's like, Maybe you'd have learned pleasing or whatever. And he's holding it in. Mm-hmm. And now it's come to this, mm-hmm. you know, granted, it's not his job to deal with this, but right. Maybe he should maybe check in with the other bartenders. Cause if he's the only, I don't know how big their staff is, but if he can't stand working with the guy, I'm sure no one else can either. Right. right. Yeah. I do know a guy who's like this. Um, I can think of a specific situation of, of someone who's like this and he it got to the point where nobody would work with him. Oh, yeah. Where like everybody was just like started to be like, oh, I can't work, I can't work Thursdays with this guy because he was only I think like two days a week, Thursday and Sunday or whatever. And it got to the point where nobody would work with him. Wow. So then, like, and they kind of just had to phase him out, right? But at that point, also, it's like, how many times you, this is management's job? <laughs> Talk to him, fix mm-hmm. it, or get rid of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I feel like everybody who has ever worked in the industry has a story about that person. I mean, oh, and yeah. I mean, we've gotten to the point, like I've seen people that like, I just don't want to drink there when they're working because they're yeah. slow and their personality just like, Hey, they're great to talk to, but they're not going to make a drink and they're not going to make it right. It's always no. when, you, when you split tips with someone, you're just like, how much more work do I have to do than this other fucking person? It's the group project effect. Yeah. There's one person who's going to pull the weight and then the, everybody else is going to slack off. Yeah. You're going to have that. Everywhere. There's only been. Yeah. It's like, it's, I'm just like kind of naturally high energy. So I always feel like it's like in my mind, I kind of just feel like I'm going to do a little more than everyone else. And that's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, there are limits when you just have someone's like, but I always, I'm pretty good about nipping things in the bud. I try to communicate. Like, even if, even if it's like an hour into the shift, like this, it's okay to say something like, Hey man, I noticed you're kind of not with you don't it. really seem dialed in today. Right. Yeah. Like, what, what, what is there? Is there anything I can help you with? What do you need? Like right. communicate? Cause you never know something, something could happen. I mean, it, well, this guy seems like it's more of a pattern, right? But right. It could just be like, Oh, Hey, sorry, man. Like, you know, me and my, my girlfriend are going through some issues and I'm just kind of like, I'll, I'll try to get my head in the game. Sorry about that, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if he has a new kid, my right. kid hasn't slept for yeah. like fucking three days. Right. And neither have I. Okay, cool. Yeah. You never know. Right. Yeah. You never know. But it's, so it's important to communicate as opposed, you don't want to let it build up. Cause I, then you end up with issues like this where it, they did like it got built up. Right. And then, you yeah. know, I yeah. had a bartender one time. She openly admits 
I don't go that fast. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, what the fuck? But yeah. it's also, I'm not her boss. So like, right. I couldn't do anything about it. And it's been brought up to management. And they didn't really want to do anything about it. It's like, why am I busting my nut over, not nut, but busting my ass over here. Right. Trying to just keep up. And, but I didn't really, whatever. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. like, whatever. Everyone knows. So, but. Yeah. All right. Now, what do we want to rate this story? So Eric, like I said, it's one through five for your personal experience, one through five, you know, one, this is, you see this shit all the time. Five is, this is fucking crazy, a crazy story or a unique situation. And you can go. Oh, I think this is a one. I think <laughs> this is, this is near universal. I think it's right. or everyone's going to deal with something like this. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not even in the bar industry, but I'm dealing with that right now. <laughs> Oh, with your, oh that, that was me. Like, no, well, kind of. No. I mean, yes, you, 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 you are, you handle 80% of this relationship and I'm like the 20% social butterfly that just keeps everyone thinking that we're good. That's accurate. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would agree with this is just a one. This is common and it will always happen. I remember yeah. when we were in Dallas a couple years ago and we ate brunch at this place and it was brunch and they had two bartenders and then a service bartender. That was really the first time. I really saw what a service bartender had to do. Right. And this, I go, do you like, he goes, yup. I don't talk to anyone. I just make a bunch of drinks, a bunch of money. That would be, that would be yeah. my ideal situation. Like I'm not, I don't want to talk to people. I want to stay in my bubble. Leave me alone. Let me do my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people, it's also, I feel like um, the, the service world is also really good for, for newer bartenders who need to build speed. Right. Uh-huh. Where it's like, we've legit, you know, uh, we we generally use like the service well for putting new people uh-huh. and it's just, a, it's a thing where it's like, okay, cool. You've been bartending, whatever. And it's like, Oh, I don't want to be in the service. Well, you're like, you have to be right. You need to get your speed up. You well, that and it, up. it helps you learn the specs. We're right here to help you if you get slammed. Right. Right. And it helps you, know? you learn specs and, and re- like, so you learn the recipes. Right. You're doing it. Yeah, over you're also over learning over. drinks that like, um, that are like, you should know, but right. maybe weren't in your training packet, you know, like, yeah, like, Oh, an East side. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Just just outside with cucumber, dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yep. So it's like things like that. It's just it's. I feel like it's important to um to to put people in there. I even say like I've even seen some really cool situations with like um Fridays is the first place I knew that did this. I was aware of where they actually have their service well is in the is in back of house. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. It's not on the floor. It's not guest facing. It's like literally like next to the kitchen and it's just one person just jamming out drinks for like, you know, a, a restaurant of like 400 people. That's my idea of a good time. Put me there. <laughs> and like for real, I remember but I knew bartenders who did that. Like they might not, it might not be open every day, um, but it'll probably be like a, you know, Wednesday through Saturday right. roll that, that, that opens up. And, but that, that, that way they're like everybody on the floor, like um, or all the bartenders who are actually behind the bar. They're just, you know, they're just focused on guests, you know, and plus because they used to do, you know, they, they were really big uh, on flair back in the day. Okay. So right. they did their flair, they did their juggling, you know, to, um, you know, entertaining guests and all that stuff. And then meanwhile, there was a person in the back just jam and drinks out. And I've never worked in this place like that, but I remember some of the staff would come in and drink at, at the bar I worked at and they said it was great. They're like, well, it's, it's great for, for the new bartenders. Because they, they just get to learn all the drinks and make, make everything. Um, but also, they're like, the person in the back, they, didn't have, they weren't even in uniform. They was just like a t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> Perfect. And they were, like, they were like, oh, it's great. Sometimes if you're hungover, you just put headphones on and you just fucking just jam up drinks. <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. You know, for like eight hours, they're like, you just knock out, you just murder tickets. I want to be um, that. That sounds. Like, I would love that. And I just always thought that was kind of cool. I just kind of like that idea. Right. I have seen that in um in Asia. It, a, okay. a lot of bars in Asia and Europe have that, like high end cocktail bars that are big. Um, three dots and a dash, I think, is maybe the the, the spot I can think of here in um here in the states that that does it with with good effect. But that's because that bar again is giant. Yeah, we went there. Uh, so just recently, yeah, before I flew to New York, we went to a show at House of Blues, and then after that show. We went to three dots because it wasn't too far from where we were staying at. And right. I was pretty drunk and I don't remember very shit drunk except for as happens in tiki bars sometimes. Yeah. So I, you know, but yeah, they do it. They do it really well. They have like, they don't even have paper tickets. They have like, you know, like at McDonald's so mm-hmm. they have those screens. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that are the touch screens. Right. That's how they do it there. At, at Interesting. Interesting. I like and I don't that. even think theirs is so dialed in. I think like half of the drinks go to one service well, and the oh, other half okay. go to the other service. Well, it's kind of like a like a backhouse kitchen. You got the the salad, yeah. the saute, and yeah. the entree side or whatever the grill. Yeah, someone's making apps and salads. And <laughs> right, you know, that actually makes that yeah, actually makes sense because well. I mean, when you go into tiki drinks, they're usually a lot more complicated. Yeah, and so you more ingredients. So if this if this well has only ten ingredients, but they can bust out these eight drinks, and this right. guy has all the yeah. other ingredients, you know. So awesome. Yeah, I think they do. I think they have like blended, all the blended drinks come out of one well. That makes uh-huh. sense. Yeah. You're blending and, um, tonight. And then I think, yeah, something <laughs> like that. And their menu's big too. And also mm-hmm. that oh. place is deceptively huge. Yeah. Oh, it's massive. Because you don't notice it mm-hmm. when you walk around because it, it doesn't feel big, but it has, I think it has like three private, three PDR. So, so three private, um, like rooms for rental, right. which vary in size. And and so, it just, yeah, it's that, just that massive. It's actually really big. Yeah. Yeah. And because every time you turn a corner in there, it was like, boom, there's more boom. tables. There's more places <laughs> yeah. to sit. But awesome. So if you guys have a story you want to share with us, uh, if you are a service bartender and you want to rip on your bartender, leave us a story <laughs> on our subreddit. Do you want to start a tab? It's in the link of the description of the podcast you're listening to. Or if you're not great with the written word, we have a spoken version. You can call us at 563-277-0072 and leave us what leave us a voicemail the transition was rough thank you (laughs) they're not all winners okay you just gotta keep on swinging so again riley interrupt me while saying the phone number five six three two seven seven zero zero seven two i didn't interrupt you i just looked at you that's interruption so we appreciate you guys listening to the show we love you guys so much If you guys want to support the show, we do have a Patreon for just $3 a month. We talk more with each guest about their personal experiences, their growth in the bartender industry, what they're doing now, and everyone's different journey because not everyone's going to be a life bartender and they each have exciting lives. So yeah, just for $3 a month, you know, that's a pint. That's less than a pint of glass of beer. So go check it out. Links in the description at Patreon. Do you want to start a tab? Thank you so much, guys you guys know riley and i have a youtube channel called alchemix bar a website and instagram based all around cocktails we also created the bartender's alphabet to better understand slang and descriptions and other things involved with cocktail making so if you want to check that out it's in the link description bartender's alphabet at alchemix bar hope you guys enjoy and now back to the show Mr. Castro, do you have a lovely story you'd like to share with us? Yeah, off the top of my head, off the top of my head. I'm just, I, I have a few, but here, here's one I, w- I was thinking about. 
And it's about people who move upstairs from bars and then are surprised when it's loud. <laughs> right? There, there's a couple situations here. I, I'm actually thinking this is actually a few different bars and situations I can think of all at once. One was even my situation, but I was living upstairs from a restaurant where basically, like, how long should you fight with the place with your neighbors before you just before you give it and fix it? Right. Um, because I feel like that's a situation where it's not always about who's in the right or who's in the wrong, but just rather just like sometimes you just have to just deal with it. Right. With the reality of the situation. So it was I do remember. OK, I, I guess I'll, I'll think of one of the situations. So it's like. Um, th- there's, there's a, this actually a couple bars and they had the same situation where a bar opens up and the person, the tenant already lives upstairs and has been there for like, you know, six or seven years and mm-hmm. they start complaining about the noise. Right. And I'm like, okay, you need to fix that as a venue because this person was minding their own business. They lived there. There might've been a bar there before, but that bar wasn't as busy and, and it's like popular as yours. Now you moved in like, by all means, do soundproofing, do whatever you have to do. Right. Because. In that situation, I feel like it, it's there. It, it becomes more about like, okay, look, they're the reason why you can't extend your hours till two, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, they're going to go to all like the, the city council meetings and whatever, and like complain about you. So it's like at that point, we're like, in those extra two hours, you can do a ton of revenue, right? Dude, just soundproof it. It's six grand. Pay the six grand, right? To soundproof, do whatever you have to do to make this person happy. You're gonna make that the first fucking night. Well, maybe not profit, but you know you'll be able to pay off in a weekend, right? So, it, you know, this is this is a busy bar. I'm thinking about. Instead, I've seen situations where this, instead of paying like the six thousand dollars, this person ended up another. This is another bar. They spent like fifteen thousand suing the guy and going back and forth, only. To get only to be found culpable, and then the courts made him pay the six grand anyway. Right. So I'm like, you could have paid the six thousand dollars to, you know, to 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 soundproof the ceiling. Now it ended up costing you over twenty thousand dollars. Right. Because you're suing the guy, and now the guy hates you, and then it's like this person should be a customer, and it just turns into this long legal headache. Right. That you dragged out when you should have just fucking just swallow it. It's a. It's you know? that's just classically abandon your pride. And accept that you have a responsibility to your environment. Yeah. And then also, it's like, you know, so what? Say, say you know, you end up suing the person, you, you end up chasing them out and they lose. Then the next person moves in is going to have the same issue. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, ideally, ideally, the landlords, there'll be a situation where when you move in, like, hey, there's a bar downstairs from you. You need to understand that. Right. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I get it. I get it. Um. But I, I've also seen situations, yeah, where somebody moves in upstairs from a bar and then they complain about the noise. We're like, well, what the fuck did you think? Right. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? They're going to go you quiet for you. From a busy bar. Right. In, in those cases, I'm less, I'm less, I guess, um, forgiving. It's like you knew what happened, especially if it's like maybe not even upstairs, but like I know what's, um, you know, like in St. Mark's in the East Village, like somebody will move into a neighborhood filled with bars and restaurants and they complain about the noise. You're like, well, no. The reason why you want to live here is because it's filled with bars and restaurants. Right. And then now you're complaining that it's filled with bars and restaurants. And that, that place, I'm a little less forgiving. Right. Well, then then you have the the whole long-term effect of, well, if the, the landlord's going to start charging less for apartments upstairs, so mm-hmm. who's going to eat that cost? Mm-hmm. You as the bar and restaurant, because you're driving his property prices down. He's going to raise yeah. your rent because they can do that. 
Yeah. For the most part. So you're going to have yeah, to eat no, that cost right. one way that or the is, other. That's the thing. You're going to eat that cost one way or the other. Soundproof it now. Then stay in, stay in good graces with your landlord if you don't own that yeah. space. Right. And this is this is something that you've seen happen to yourself or you just have friends. That oh, I've of- seen it happen a million times. Yeah. I've seen it happen so many times. And it becomes, uh, you, you know, a lot of times it, it happens specifically when it's like, it tends to be an issue when it's like somebody lives upstairs from like, I don't know, like a, a nice little Italian restaurant or something, right? And it's not loud. They close, you know, by the by the time midnight rolls around, it's already it's already dead. Right. Um, and then someone takes it over and turns it into like a cocktail bar. Right. Then all of a sudden it's busy. Yeah. It's busy. People are drinking more, drinking later. And then that's when it starts to like boil over. Like, and that's when the tent upstairs, like, hey, look, before it was a restaurant, I get it. It was a little loud, but it kind of toned down around by eight, eight thirty. But now you guys are jamming. And then now I understand what the city you put in a request. Um, you know, to be open till 2 a.m. Right. Then it's a little trickier. Then it becomes more of an issue where it's like, no, no, where where like now people are starting to get upset. And sometimes just, God forbid, if, if it turns into multiple neighbors, now you have like an issue on your hands. Right. You know? When I, uh... yeah, where we even had that issue, we had someone at, when I was at Polite Provisions still, we had someone who, who we had to play K and it made sense. You know, we, we, we totally understood. This this person was like coming to all the all the meetings because we were like, well, we want to have we want to add a patio. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we have our liquor license. We want to expand to the patio and blah blah. This person was like, you know, protesting us at meetings, and then finally the compromise was okay, cool. You know, we'll we'll shut the patio down um, at midnight. Right, that's fair. Yeah, that's... which is like that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, right. that's actually pretty generous. And it was a thing where it's like, you know, at at midnight we had to like turn the music off and bring everybody in. Right. And it made sense. No one, I mean, nobody really, no one really complained. It wasn't an issue. Um, but it was, but I could understand someone's apprehension about wanting to live across the street. Um, because before Polite uh, was open, there was really no bars like that in that area. If I remember the story correctly, right? You guys kind of came and put something that wasn't really there or culture wise or no. Yeah. Well, no, it was a dive bar. Okay. It was a really shitty dive bar. I'm um, sorry. I don't know if we can swear or not. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. It's a really, <laughs> really crappy dive bar. I mean, it was like this like Russian dive bar with like no windows. And um, sorry about that. They're they're doing some um, improvements upstairs. But yeah, it was, a, it was a really dodgy dive bar with carpet and it was just beat to hell. <laughs> so we, 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 it took, I think like, 340 bags of concrete to give the place shape again after we, after we got it. Wow. Okay. So maybe that's what it was, or maybe it was, there was no like cocktail scene in that area. If I remember, right. No, no, there wasn't, there wasn't no, no. But, um, so, so yeah. So in a way, I mean, most of our neighbors loved us because we cleaned up the neighborhood a bit. Sure. And and by, by cleaning the neighborhood, what I mean by that is like, it was really sketchy. It wasn't safe necessarily. So since our patio or even before the patio, since the building was like, you know, half windows. Mm-hmm. Now it was less, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, people couldn't be sketchy outside because now there were people who just watched them through a window. <laughs> right. So, you know, it like, I remember one of the best compliments we got was I remember, some, um, you know, some gal in the neighborhood was like, oh my God, like I would, when I would walk home from my boyfriend's house, I would cross the street to avoid the bar that was here before. Oh, wow. And then cross back over Jeez. because I would get harassed when I walked around the corner. That, that sounds sucked. about right. Yeah. So like, and then once you guys opened that, like I didn't have, to, I, 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 I had, I could stop doing that. And just like, it felt, it, you know, it, there was enough eyes in the neighborhood now that it made it safer. Yeah. She felt like she could breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that to say that, but you know, I, I was reading a book recently 
And, and one of the things in there, they said that one of the, the best deterrents for crime in a neighborhood is um, nose, uh, nosy old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> for real. Absolutely. For real, like neighborhoods, which is people sitting out in the stoop, sitting on their porches, uh-huh. hanging out. It like is one of is one of the number one deterrents for for crime in a neighborhood. Yeah, I'm from rural Iowa. Like that's absolutely true. We have entire towns full of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, retirees just like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> What's that guy doing over there? Huh? They're gonna call the cops you if your if your yeah. car is parked too long because they don't know your car. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it's wild, but it is that is a thing, and it spans across it. It spans across neighborhoods, geography, what have you. Right. It's, just, it's a thing. So I, I do feel like um, that because of that, uh, Polite had a bit of goodwill in the neighborhood. Right. Well, I know when uh, before I started dating Riley, not too long before, or I don't even remember, but uh, my friends and I were looking for an apartment and we found one that was above a bar. And so, you know, we go <laughs> dive, dive, a dive bar <laughs> and we go, you know, we talk to the because he owns the building, owns the bar. And he's like, hey, just so you guys know. We're open till two in the morning, seven days a week. And it's a third shift bar. So they open, they open for the people clocking out a third shift at the factories. Right. You know, so seven o'clock in the morning. It's, it's jamming all day. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah. you have to be okay with that because we get people up here who don't like that jukebox being played all night also, long. Also, it's a three bedroom apartment with one bathroom and it, your rent is $500. Right. It was cheap as fuck, you know? And, you know, so I was like, Whoa. and I was like, we all work in the restaurant industry. I'm a bartender. It's all good. Like we will probably be down to your fucking bar till two in the right. morning. You'll, pr- you'll probably stumble. make as much as our rent off of us downstairs. <laughs> you know? And so, but he was very adamant. Like we are not going to change this bar because of who's living upstairs. But you, right. go, you know that going into the situation, you know, right. and you were, mm-hmm. and you were, definitely okay with that and and was also great because it was a bar we could have parties in our in our apartment till two That's, and and you know nobody cared no one cared because they can't complain about it because no. we're, we're not louder than you and if your party ran out of business hey, well if the bar's complaining about you that's when you know <laughs> right the, the, that's a good party yeah just let you know the dive bar downstairs complain about the noise right you're too loud <laughs> But uh, the the word, the best complaint I got was I'd be sitting at the bar and then, uh, you know, there are people on their phone trying to find Wi-Fi and I name my Wi-Fi like get the fuck out of here or something stupid. And people are like, get, they got offended. Like, why does this Wi-Fi say that? And the bartender goes, it's the people upstairs. They think they're hilarious. And I'm just sitting there chuckling because <laughs> you know, it's you it's and you me. think you're hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I have seen situations as well where like the place upstairs or the, the bar gave them like a credit. Right. Oh wow! Like a, like a three hundred dollar credit every month. I wow. mean, that's that's sound business logic anyway. Right. Like you want the people yeah. who live above you to frequent your bar because you know and that it didn't accumulate. It didn't accumulate. It was just like at the beginning of each month. Right. Reset. 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 Yeah, because I mean, yeah. you would probably spend. You know, if, if you gave me a three hundred dollar credit, I'm going to spend at least six hundred. Min- yeah. You know, like I'm going to give you more money plus my right. rent. You know. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, that's it's. A lot of people don't think about that, you know, like living situations around bars or restaurants until you get in that situation. So it's definitely a unique situation where if you are going to move someplace like, oh, this is a great neighborhood because there's tons of restaurants and bars. We got to remember these fucking places are open six, seven days a week. You know, they're not just open on Fridays and Saturdays. So you're going to have to deal with that shit. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no. Also, Uh, that means also there's even situations where a place like opens early. I've never really he- haven't heard this as much, but it's it, say, say for instance, some of these, you know, in California bars can open at six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
as you mentioned, you know, some I've never heard about anybody complaining about a bar, um, you know, waking them up in the morning. Right. But I mean, that could be a possibility as well. Yeah. Right. Know, especially that, if you were like in like uh, in certain neighborhoods in certain states. Right. Yeah. That would be me for sure. Because if you're waking me up at 6 a.m., I'm going to murder somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I try to sneak out <laughs> of that bedroom. Most people... Most people drinking at a bar at 6 a.m. aren't going to aren't going to be like dancing and going crazy. You know, I mean, there are those places as well. The the bar that he lived above was one of those places. They were always just raucous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they weren't that bad, but no, but it it was was loud all the time. Yeah. You just you just had a constant bumping from that. uh, And luckily, my my bedroom was not above the jukebox. No, it was the other bedroom. So it was a little less poundy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Whatever. But fucking touch tunes. But (laughs) all right. What do you uh, Riley? What do you want to? rate eric's it's more like of a it's a, a hypothetical like i would say well it's that, not hypothetical it's it's more of like a extra experience expectations kind yeah. of thing right i mean you were living above that bar when i started dating you and i i mean maybe i just learned to sleep through tornado sirens so it never <laughs> really bothered me <laughs> right and i don't have an issue falling asleep usually um so i would say that Especially in bigger cities, this this the commonality of this experience would probably put it at a two for me. That's what I was thinking too. Also. Um, but then it also comes down to how is that bar handling that scenario? Like, should you offer a credit? Great option. That's a good way to build friends. And then people are more forgiving if they appreciate what you do for them. Right. Yeah. Um, if you moved in after they did, or if the tenant moved in first and then you moved your restaurant in and they're complaining about the noise, absolutely. You should cover the soundproofing right? or yeah, be yeah. better about your hours, but then you're a bar. So you should just soundproof to suck it up. Right. Um, but then if the tenant moved in after you and they knew you were established, that's on, that's on them. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, you're saying earlier, I agree. it's getting like a lot of your pride and ego out of the way and just right. like sucking it up, you know, business owners are always going to have to do a little bit more than the, than the tenant usually. Yeah. Depending. But, uh, yeah, like, so, like you said, your buddy or not your buddy, but you knew someone who sued the cuss or yeah. sued the tenant and then still had to pay and for it. And then they still had to pay for it. Right. Which is like, damn. Just, just do it. I, mean, I, even, I, I was talking to them. I was in communication with them through the entire process. Ugh. And, you know, they were like super pissed off about it. Like, oh, it's going to be like seven grand. And I was like, that's not that much money, dude. If that's right. all they want. Right. Like, just do it. And it's a, they, they had a really busy bar with, with right. good margins. So I was like, dude, that's not that much. Like just, right. just suck it up, suck it up and, and just, um, and just pay it. Right. And, but he was more like, it was a personal thing. He's like, no, fuck that guy. Right. See, and a lot of people do no, take man, that personally. Like, no, no yeah. this is business. He's just a dick and screw him, blah, blah. I'm like, well, like I kind of get it, dude. Like he was living here already. Right. You came into his territory, up. you know? Yeah. Right. And it was just like, but they were just like, well, he's an asshole. I don't want to, I don't want to give in. And then I, every time I came in, I would check in and they, you know, and it just became, it became a thing. It's like, oh, we're going to court. We're suing him now. And I was like, dude, it, it only was going to be about six or seven grand. And then how much are you in the hole now with your attorneys? And right. Like, six or seven grand. Yeah. <laughs> you saying, no, he's just an asshole. He's no, you're the asshole at this point. Yeah. You infringed upon his territory and expect mm-hmm. him to change. No, you're the yeah. asshole. And then it was like a year later, I don't know how long it took, you know, going back and forth with the courts, but then, you know, then the the judge was like, well, you have to pay the cost, you know, or you can shorten your hours. Yeah. Right. And they were like, well, we're not going to shorten our hours. Because we're going to lose more money. You would have just been better off. Yeah. Just doing it. From the beginning. Right. What, what do you rate your own story? 
Uh, I don't Yeah, I think two sounds about fair because I do think it's one of those things that bars and restaurants are going to face. Mm-hmm. And I think most people don't think about it. Right. Until you put in that. That's a you situational know, but, experience. I'm a big believer. I'm a very adamant believer that that the neighbor, the bar is there to serve the neighborhood. Right. Not the other way around. Absolutely. So you, you want to make sure you're being a good neighbor. Right. Right. I mean, just like you said with polite provision, when you guys opened up, you did you did that neighborhood so much justice right. or like positive, you know. Uh, right. Like if if you provide if you provide positivity, positivity will be returned to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to come out and be like, I'm the I'm the alpha. I'm place. the big shit. This you is know, my place now. Beat your no. chest everywhere. No, because this ain't going to work. No. But awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. What what would you like to plug to people that, you know, want to go the in. 50 people we have listening to our podcast. We got more than 50. Yeah, I know. I'm 52. <laughs> I would say, oh yeah, be, be sure to check out the Bartender Large podcast. Yep. You know, we're on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else where, where quality podcasts are found. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a, um, give us a listen. If you like nerding out on, on uh, cocktail geekery, I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> it's uh, what I find awesome about your podcast is, yes, you do the geeky stuff, you know, like, oh, you have someone that just talks about sweet remove or just talks about, you know, creating cocktails. But you also do other things that a lot of people don't talk about in the industry just because, again, well, it's, and, it's uh, not as what's it's not as I don't know what the right word I'm looking for is. But like you just had the episode on where you talked about bullying. And like, that's, that's well, a, yeah. that's yeah, a cross industry mm-hmm. situation. Right. Like I, I work in human services with adults with disabilities. That's absolutely a, like bullying and like culture problems are massive mm-hmm. in, in every industry. You know, and then I know you've talked about uh, starting businesses and then you had uh, uh, the, the schmucks guy or. Um, yeah, that was a good one. That's that I tell people like, look, that's the first episode you should listen because that's fucking crazy. Like what happened? What, yeah. If you want, if you want to know about not having contracts and getting in in bed with people and then finding out they're fucking you over, like it's that was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel bad for him. Obviously, I'm not like trying to like make a light of the situation, but like it's no, just no. it's just it, it's crazy. Are you ever gonna rate that? He's story? lucky in a lot of ways because he learned this young. What's that? He's lucky that he learned this lesson young. Right. You know, it's like, cause I mean, it's like, it's better to learn this, you know, when you're like in your, you know, late twenties, early thirties. And like, you don't learn this. Some people never learn at all. Right. Yeah. But like, if, you know, if he, if he was, you know, um, you know, towards like the twilight of his career, th- this could be like, this could have devastated his retirement. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? But yeah. And definitely if you're in San Diego or you ever go to San Diego, definitely go check out Raised by Wolves. We went there twice in yes. our five, four and a half days while we were out there. Yes. We also visited Polite Provisions Polite twice. Polite Provisions is also a great <laughs> bar. I, I know you're no longer part of it, but I know you always, yeah. you're going to wish, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to speak for you, but that's an awesome yeah. bar to go check it's, out. It's always going to be a part of you one way or another. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I have like the logo test. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it's one of the coolest, uh, bars you'll ever walk into yeah it's amazing and we still have our one bottle of yellow chartreuse that we bought from there yeah we do we have half of it <laughs> left so, so. But also, <laughs> we managed if, to get it back to iowa we are going to talk to eric moore on our last call to our patreon we're going to talk to him a little bit more about his bartending and then just about being a business owner because he has dabbled in the bar ownership multiple times and the wealth of knowledge that carl could use yes and basically apply. basically we're just doing this for me because I'm trying to open my own bar. So I'm just uh, here to get his information. So.
go check that out. It's $3 a month. We'd love to have you on there. And we talk to all our guests a little bit extra. And just remember, don't be a dick. Tip your bartenders and drink responsibly.